to the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I hope you're all enjoying a wonderful fall. I wish I could bottle up our fall weather here that we're having forever. It is so beautiful, so sunny, warm, 80 degree days, and then these crisp, cool nights and all the colors. Oh my goodness, it's my very favorite. It's so good to be back with you all. On this show, I chat with individuals that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the space where they're at. And today, I get to share my conversation with the lovely and talented Carly Bartlett. Carly is a wife and mom, pastor, and guacamole lover from Boise, Idaho. She is currently the creative communications pastor at her church, where she has served for the past several years. She loves to preach, lead worship, study the Word of God, and she's currently pursuing her Masters of Divinity, which I think is so amazing. Carly has a desire to see all people embrace their God-given identities and become courageous and contagious. I love that. Courageous and contagious followers of Christ. She loves to travel, especially to Disneyland, which we'll hear about a little bit. Uh, She likes to watch the Great British Baking Show, laugh until she cries, and spend some time with her precious family. She's married to Mike, and they have a sweet, silly daughter who loves to spend her days singing, dancing, and dressing up like Disney princesses, which is the very best. I believe that we are all made on purpose and for a purpose, and it was so exciting to hear how Carly is living out her purpose with so much trust and willingness to say yes to whatever God has in front of her. I hope you find our conversation encouraging and inspiring as you set out to live in your own purpose as well. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend, Carly Bartlett. Well, hello, and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I think I asked you about this when I first started almost a year ago, and here you are. This is my friend, Carly Bartlett. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. So good to have you. And just so excited to hear all that you're a part of right now. You're involved in so many different ministry areas, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for now, let's just let everybody get to know you a little bit. Tell us about you and your family. Yeah. I am a pastor, and I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a student, and I love to lead worship. I love Disneyland. We love going to Disneyland (laughs) as a family. It's ridiculous how obsessed we are with Disney. And um, I have a daughter who loves to dress up as all the Disney princesses. I have an amazing husband who is a professor and an artist, and... Yeah, in my spare time, I love to go to Target. Oh, oh yes, because Target, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's aside from Disneyland, it is the happiest place on earth, right? <laughs> One of our friends sent us a meme the other day that said, you don't go to Target with a list. You go to Target and let Target tell you what to do. And I was like, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. yes, especially in the fall. Yes. Oh. Okay, so your sweet little princess-loving girl, mm-hmm. how old is she? She's three. Three. And so have you been as a family? I think I remember seeing pictures that you all went. Yeah, we went um, to Disney World two, yeah, about two years ago, I think. We have family in Florida, so we went to Disney World. Right. And then this last summer, we went to Disneyland. And when she was two, she didn't really grasp it all, but this summer, she did. I mean, she loved it. We spent most of our time in line to meet all the characters, (laughs) but that was the best because it was so magical, and she wore her Anna dress for an entire day one day, and as soon as we got on Disney property, 
every single Disney employee the whole day said, well, hello, princess. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. And they would they would bow to her and she would oh. curtsy. And it was the cutest thing oh, all day. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And I bet she just lit up. Oh, yes. <laughs> to be given that recognition. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes, it's, it was it's pretty not great. not every day we get to be greeted as princess. Yes. And thank you for... Yes. <laughs> No one has done that for me yet today. <laughs> Not one person. Yes. <laughs> Reality. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, and just seeing Disney through the eyes of a child is, is so amazing. Mm-hmm. So It oh, was a fun. ball. Yeah. So great. Yay. Oh, good. Okay. So you're managing all these things. And um, one of the things that we had where we met each other was through serving on the worship team. So mm-hmm. one of your many talents and gifts and ways that you serve is through worship ministry. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you get involved in worship ministry? Yeah, I love, love worship. And I have since I was a kid. I grew up in a church that was very empowering to young people and in really inspiring us to step into our giftings and utilize them for the Lord. And so from an early age, I think in late elementary school, I started singing in church and then continued on into junior high, high school. Um, And specifically in college, I really continued to step into that area and had the opportunity to travel on some public relations ministry teams for the college that I attended and just uh, learning, yeah, like learning how to bring people into the presence of God and lead from a place of vulnerability, realizing that, yes, we need to come with excellence, but then knowing that at the end of the day, we can do the best that we can to prepare, but then stepping into that place of authenticity and vulnerability when we lead. Yeah. And so in, in college, I think I really had the opportunity to to learn that in new, fresh ways. And yeah. I just love leading worship. And so I continue to do that. That's part of my role at, at my church right now. And then I also love to travel and and lead at conferences and events and retreats. And it's just so fun. I feel like there's certain things in life where you go, I feel most alive when I do this. And oh. and I think that leading worship is one of those things for me. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're so you're so gifted at it. And it's I've just loved serving with you when we Thank had you. a chance to do that. I, I love that so much. And then for a while, you were part of a group called Woods End. Mm-hmm. Is that something that is still going and serving at different locations or? Yeah, it's a good question. So Woods End was a ministry collective, we called it. And we started it probably in 2011. My brother and I both serve in vocational ministry and are both worship leaders and he's a he's a pastor as well. And so we had this idea that we could bring together a large group of people that some may love to speak, some may love to lead worship, some may love to do art and really say, how can we go into an event and really individualize the event for what that that particular group of people needed. Oh, and so that's so exciting. Yeah. So we traveled and and we would go to different events and bring speakers and artists and worship teams and it was such a blast. We recorded a, a yes. album um, yes. which was so fun in two thousand fourteen and had the opportunity to write together just out of the place where all of us were individually yeah. but collectively the songs that came together were were really powerful as our story in that yeah. season. Um, and then after that, we, many of us moved on, right. like some people have yeah. moved across the world, some across the country. I had a baby, another yeah. guy in the group, he and his wife had a baby. My brother got married. So oh, there's yeah. just been so Seasons many things that have changed. Yeah. Um, and yet we still are dear friends. Many of us still minister together in, in churches here in our area. Um, and 
I don't think that door is necessarily closed, but right. it's looking different in this phase of life, and yeah. that's okay. And so if people wanted to hear your beautiful voice on that CD that you made as a, mm-hmm. as a collective, where do they find that at? Is that um, probably the easiest way would just go be to go to my website, which is carlybartlett.com, okay. and then I have a link there. Perfect, yeah. and I will post that on show notes okay. too so that people can awesome. know how to spell your name and all of that to okay. find carlybartlett.com. Awesome. You yeah. said, okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Fun, nice. Yeah. yeah, and then they could go check that out. That's so exciting. You recorded in Nashville. We did. Nice. And yeah. so what was that like for you? Oh, man, it was so fun. We had, um, I think, four or five of us went down to Nashville and recorded, and we had some friends that have a studio there, and they work with Francesca Battistelli and Lecrae. Oh. And so it was very surreal to go in going, oh, yeah. what? Lecrae was here last week? <laughs> Wait. Wait, but do you know who I am? I'm not. I'm not on that level by any means. Um, right. But it was such a fun immersion into like a whole new world yeah. in a way, um, and it was a great learning experience. We worked with awesome people there and took a whole week to to really fine tune what we were what we were doing and just working with these these amazing people that do this all the time as their as their livelihood. It yes. was really really eye opening. To, to, like I said, be immersed into that, yeah. that world and the, just the intricacies of what we had to pay attention to and going, okay, that was like a hair bit behind the beat, oh, so you need yeah. to go back and do that again. Yeah. And it yeah. just gave me a whole appreciation for, for just the amazing process it is to record. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is so, I've felt that way when I've been in those environments and you're like, I cannot, what best job in the world that you get to clock in and play on like you said, Francesca Battiselli's record and then clock home and go home to your family. <laughs> like, totally. What a great job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for these musicians and just the, the high caliber of musicianship that is such like, I feel like we have great musicians in the Valley and then you immerse yourself in people who that is their job and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's for real. Absolutely. <laughs> I have some work to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. But so exciting and mm-hmm. inspiring at the same time. So that's awesome. Yeah, very, it was very fun. fun. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So currently what does your ministry life look like? What are you up to these days? Yeah. So I have kind of two realms in which I am involved in, in ministry. One is in the local church and then one is outside of the local church. And so inside the local church, I have a new role. Um, I'm the creative communication pastor at our church. Which, okay. So what is this? I've yeah. never heard of this title. This it's is great. very different, very outside the box, which I love. Um, I have a really interesting role in that I'm doing some worship. I'm doing some marketing. I'm doing some strategic communication and some teaching. So it's really different, but I like it. And uh, just thinking outside the box, I get to think about our our services and sermon series and long-term go, how can we communicate this visually? How can we communicate this um, with different illustrations? And how can we prep our congregation to be ready for this? And it's just fun to think through that. And then in the moment on a Sunday morning, then I help facilitate some of the messaging that surrounds worship, that surrounds, you know, the... The announcement time, we want to make that purposeful. So how do we have a mission focus at that time? And how do we send people out at the benediction purposefully? And so just thinking through all of that and the cohesion and strategic communication is 
is where my brain is right now. I love that. So, okay, so if I'm understanding this correctly, there's the format of service. And then if those are elements are all like the bricks, then you're kind of like the mortar that holds it all together in place. Yeah. Connects the whole thing from start to finish. Yeah, that's the idea. And there's a couple of us that are on the team that really try to make sure that's happening. Um, but that's the idea. We really want from start to finish our services and our worship gatherings to be intentional. And so just taking a bird's eye view and looking at that and go, how can we strategically and creatively communicate from every aspect so that people are leaving knowing their takeaway and their next steps and how they can live into their mission? I love that. I love that. And then they can go out with the empowerment to go show up to their spaces, which is kind of what we're talking about here. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you show up to the life in front of you on purpose? Mm -hmm. If that comes clearly from Sunday mornings, that's awesome. Yeah, that's our hope. I love that. And you're perfect for that. Oh, thank you. It's warm, hospitable, and creative. So I'm sure that 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 has to be a really fun role for for you to be in. It is really fun. That's awesome. And you also are an amazing communicator. I love when I've gotten to hear you teach the Word of God. I love your heart for the Word of God. You and I share that so much in common, just the reverence and awe for the wonder that is that incredible book that we've been given of his words. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you start teaching God's word? Yes. Well, I, it's so funny because, you know, I never would have pictured myself doing what I'm doing now. When I was in college, I was a communication major. I knew I loved to be around people and I love to talk. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Um, And, but yet I didn't really know what that meant. So I was a communication major after college, I had the opportunity to go on to grad school and, and have my degree paid for. So I did my master's in business and was still really trying to figure out, what am I doing, God? Like, what do you have for me? And so I was in a different role at the time. Um, this was in 2011. And I was at a conference, and I was working. I was helping. I was working. I was representing uh, the university where I was working at the time. And I went to an evening session, just slipped into the worship service after I had finished my my tasks and had no idea what the Lord had for me at that time. But I went and sat down and a friend of mine who's a woman pastor in Florida was speaking and there was 10,000 teens in this room. I mean, oh. it was incredible. And I just thought, how cool that there is a woman pastor teaching the word of God and a role model for all of these, oh, for all these that. girls. And I was just celebrating what she was doing and celebrating what God was doing in and through her. And then all of a sudden I felt like God was saying, Carly, but that's not just for her. That's also for you. Oh my goodness. Oh, I just got chills. I love that. And I can remember exactly where I was sitting in the room in this big auditorium and, uh, in the arena. And I, and I just remember thinking, wait, but God, I, <laughs> wait, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I mean, I love music. I love to lead worship, but I don't know how to preach. And I very specifically felt like he was asking me to preach and teach. Oh my goodness. And going, Lord, I mean, I, I didn't study ministry. I just finished my master's in business. How does this connect? Oh my goodness. Um, and so I just went home from that and took a whole, almost a whole year to really sift through that with my husband, with my parents. And my brother was also feeling like the Lord was calling him into vocational ministry at that time as well. So all of us were sifting through this together and praying because I said, God, I do not want to do this unless this is truly you asking yeah. me to do this. Yeah. So just seeking mentors and prayer. And um, we spent so much time in prayer. And finally, I really felt like the Lord 
affirmed that and said, yes, this is really, really what I'm asking you to do. So I jumped back in and I started to go back to school and pursuing my master's in, um, well, my master's of divinity right now. And I've been doing that for four years. Um, but yeah, I just knew I needed more equipping. And then I just started going, okay, Lord, I don't even know where to begin, but I'm just going to ask you to open the doors. And so he did like started just opening opportunities for me to get my feet wet and learn and grow. And, oh man, I think back to my earlier, like messages that I preached and go, oh my goodness, that was <laughs> such a mess. But Aww. we all all need to dive in Absolutely. and just get our feet wet. And yeah. so um, since um, late 2011, I have been traveling on occasion and teaching and preaching in different camp settings and retreat settings, church conferences. Wow. And I love it. I oh love goodness. it. And I every time I'm just so humbled, like, whoa, God, I can't believe that I get to do this and that you've wow. called me to do this. And that I get to share my Jesus story and what he's done in my life and what he's doing now and and connect with all these other people. And it's really my heart to be um, inspiring people to be courageous and contagious followers of oh, Jesus. I that. Yeah. Um, that's my that's my heart. I want people to be full of courage to be able to step out into their God-given purposes, which I know you have a passion for that too. Right. And then to see them become contagious and not just live their their Christian lives in, in isolation, but really get excited and have that excitement be something that others want as well. Oh, I love that. Because the gospel's good news. I say this all the time now. It's good news. <laughs> yes. And there's enough bad news in the world. Yes. Oh my goodness. We need to, and I always am convicted too. Like, my goodness, I can get overwhelmed by yeah. the bad news. Lord, help me have my heart be so overwhelmed by the good news that it can't help but spill over right. because people want good news. Yeah. We mm-hmm. need, yes. We are all starving for hope in our media saturated, yeah. negative media, I should say on so many different things that come to the surface of our media are just sad and hard and controversial and all the things. And so we need that hope and life from what can only come from the gospel. Absolutely. And we're the people to carry that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. My head is filled with so many questions now. I want to come back to just some of the most special moments you've had speaking. But before that, I'm so jealous. Honestly, just I'll confess that right here on the interwebs. I'm so jealous that you're in seminary. (laughs) I would love to be in seminary. Seminary. So tell me about that experience for you. What is that like? And what are your classes like? And is it as great as it seems like it might be? <laughs> oh, it's so great. I, I've been going part-time because I have so many things that I feel like I'm juggling. So I've been going to school for four years and I still probably have two more left before I finish online? the degree. It's online, okay. um, which I have actually been super thankful for how well that's gone. I'm a very social person. I love to interact with people. So at first I was a little nervous, but my professors overall have done such a phenomenal job fostering discussion and community. And then the specific program that I'm in, we have certain classes that we go out to the home campus for a week oh, and we okay. spend time together. So I like that. It's refreshing to see the the profiles that I've seen online are actually really people yeah, um, yeah. and to have those conversations. But it's been very equipping. I've my favorite classes I think are the classes that I get to dive into a specific book of the Bible wow. for an entire semester. Get to read commentaries that I I think are it's just so fun and really start to understand in depth what the author's purposes were and how God was using those specific stories and letters to communicate 
not only then, but communicate to us now. And yeah. oh, the word of God, like you said earlier, is so rich and powerful yeah. and alive and active. So getting to dig into that has been amazing. Well, and what's so incredible to me is that there's no end to its depth. And I feel like this is why I'm so jealous of you, because I feel like I seek out commentaries and I see, I'm just kind of nerdy about it me too. in my own little space. <laughs> And so I think to go into a seminary, you just keep reinforcing that there's no end to the depth of this amazing book that we've been given. And Absolutely. Yes. And then getting to learn how to communicate it effectively too. I loved my preaching class. I think though that class and then the book of the Bible classes I've taken, they have been my favorites because once we are captivated by the word, getting to learn how to communicate that so that others, once again, can be inspired to dig in as well. And it's like, my goodness, what a privilege. And it's so fun. So what is one of your favorite things that you've learned from like the preaching class on how to deliver that? Well, I had this professor who is one of the most creative communicators I have ever interacted with. And so he had all of these grand ideas and ways to illustrate. And so one of the exercises that he would have us do was look at a passage of scripture that we're going to preach and write it, read it, read it, read it, and then write it in our own words. Oh, Um, He called it a dynamic translation. And we don't always end up using that in a preaching context, but just going, okay, in Isaiah, when they're just going, God, would you rend the heavens? Would you come down that the mountains would quake before you? What does that mean to say that today in our context? And Mm. why, why would we say that today? And so then kind of going through and writing that out in, in, um, in a way that connects with, with maybe a circumstance that I'm going through, then that helps me think through, how do I communicate this message in the heart of the people of Israel in that time? How do we connect it to today, to our wise today that we would be calling out for God to rend the heavens? And, and so I love, I do dynamic translations a lot and usually it turns into like a journal type yeah, entry for me right. where I'm processing, but sometimes those turn into things that I end up sharing, um, or, or, or ways that the illustrations and, um, and things connect for, for the congregation as well. That's so exciting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I was noticing like Dallas Seminary had some free online classes and I was like, well, maybe I should just try that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so one of these days, but I love that you're getting to do that and how exciting. I love that it's, it's transferring right into your everyday experience in a mm-hmm. powerful way. What yeah. does MDiv mean? The Masters of Divinity, but yes. what does that mean as far as the degree? I've actually seen that, but I haven't ever really paid attention. Yeah. So there's a different emphasis areas that you can have if you want to go and do a master's in in theology of some sort. So you can focus in family ministry. You can focus in uh, apologetics. You can focus in Christian history. You can focus in hermeneutics. But um, the MDiv is a pretty broad stroking degree. So a little bit in each of those areas. Yes. Okay. Yes. And for me specifically, I chose to do that without a specific emphasis so that I could... I'm working toward ordination in, oh, our, okay. in our church. And yeah. so the this program is is helping me have all of the equipping and the, and the education that I need in many different areas so that I can be ordained. Very exciting. Yeah. I love that. Well, that's so exciting. And I'm Again, jealous. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Okay, so then back to your worship leading and teaching. So what are some standout moments that you've had? I mean, here are these, these 
specific callings that you've had and these opportunities that have opened up? Are there things that have just stood out that have been reinforcers? Like, okay, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be in either or both of those. Yes. I remember um, probably two or three years ago, I was speaking at a camp in Washington and we were talking about the labels. It was a teen camp. We were talking about the labels that we wear and the labels that maybe people have put on us are the labels that we have put placed on ourselves that we start to find our identity falsely in. And um, throughout the, the course of the evening, we then talked about that our primary label and where everything should come from is the fact that we're a child of God. And then from there, we can live into our identity and celebrate that we are bold and brave and creative and kind and compassionate and all of the attributes that God has given us. But it all comes from that security that we're a child of God. And so at the very end of that message, I had name tags like the hello, I am. And um, I had the students go back and and write down an attribute that they really feel like God has given them and not the false labels of of not enough or Aww. unworthy or you know all the lies of the world but going that's not who you are but let's celebrate who God has made you uniquely Aww. tonight and so students were writing down these attributes and really feeling just empowered by the Lord about who they are and I stood by the back door that night as students were leaving and as they were walking out, I looked at each of their name tags and I gave them a high five and I was like, you are brave. Oh my gosh, you are free. You are beautiful. <laughs> you are oh, kind. And that. just to be able to partner with the Holy Spirit to call out their identity and celebrate with them in that moment and affirm them. You know, the world tells, especially tells teenagers, but it tells all of us all of the time, the lies. And, right. and, and we hear that so much, but to be able to stand at that back door and call out, yes, this is who you are. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. It was one of the coolest moments that I've ever had in ministry. All right. I'm crying now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but that's so good because you're right. We're so quick to attach to the negative and to what is untrue and hold on to that as if it is truth. And so for you to just say, no, you may feel those things, but you are this. That's so powerful. And, and that they wore it as a name tag. Yes. I love oh, that. It was great. And I, I really encourage them, go stick this on your water bottle or your computer or wherever you have totally. your stickers and, and remind yourself of that. Right. Because going home from a camp such situation too, it's easy to fall right back into the the false labels. And so I wanted them to cling to that. And it was neat to be a part of that process. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And life-changing. I mean, really, if we could all live into our identity that is truth, we'd all be so much better off. Oh, absolutely. um, So that is awesome from a speaking standpoint. Any worship leading moments that just are forever etched in your mind as where God did something awesome? Yes. I very specifically remember Woods End. We were in Colorado probably five or so years ago, and we went down and we had been prepping for weeks upon weeks for this this event, and we'd gone in previous years. It was like our favorite event to go down in beautiful Estes Park with oh, all yes. these teenagers. Yeah. Um, and when we got there, I started to like get a little tickle in my throat. And by oh. the... I mean, two or three hours later, I had almost completely lost my voice. Oh, my goodness. And the altitude is crazy there. I yes. tried to sing at Estes Park, and you're up at, what, like 12,000 feet? You can hardly breathe. Yes, totally. You can't barely <laughs> oh, walk no. without losing your breath. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I didn't have a voice, and oh, I'm going, no. oh, my goodness. Like, here we are. These people have 
paid for us to come. Oh, they have expectations of what we're going to do. And I was with a team of six or seven of us. And so it was okay. But for me, I'm going, I was supposed to be here to sing. Yeah. And, and what am I going to do now? And it was really humbling for me yeah. to, le- I led and I didn't sing, but I just stood, uh, or I didn't sing with a microphone. I just stood with my, my colleagues, my ministry partners, and we led and I didn't have a microphone, but I just led from the depths of my heart. And it was humbling, but it ended up being one of my favorite experiences because I didn't, I wasn't worried about if my harmony was in the exact Right. right place. I wasn't worried about anything except just worshiping the Lord and having the posture of praise. Right. And I look back on that and go, wow, God, thank you for helping me learn how to be a worship leader, even when I didn't have a microphone. That's amazing. Yes. And wow. I'll always look back on that because I think so often I can get, I, my heart's desire is to worship the Lord, but I want to do so with, with excellence right. and make sure everything is exactly as, as planned and we mm-hmm. hoped for. But that doesn't always mean that God can't, and God can work like right. no matter what, no matter what circumstances. And he showed me he was able to work in and through me even when I had no voice. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. And I love that you still got up there. I think I would have been tempted to just feel sorry for myself and say, fine, everybody else gets to do it. I love that you just got up there with your whole heart and let him use you. That's yeah, powerful. It was a little embarrassing, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it... it but the authenticity, though, mm-hmm. I'm sure that that translated out for people as well. So. Yeah. I oh, did play the little bells. Like oh, nice. The little, Perfect. <laughs> you know, chime like things. I have a job. So I had, sort of felt like I had a job, but, you know, that was a few moments just here and there. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> but it helps me feel like, okay, I have a mallet in my hand. I feel a little bit less oh, less vulnerable, but mostly I just stood and sang. <laughs> oh, but, you know, God was praised. Stood and so. sang in a very weird sounding crackly voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so not what I was expecting you to say, but I love that. I love that just the, like I said, the authenticity of, of you standing up there with this pure heart saying, nope, all right, I may not have this, but I'm going to give my whole heart to this. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thanks. Very yeah. Cool. It was memorable for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So yes. if people want to be able to invite you to an event or to um, lead worship or to speak, where do they find out about you? I've seen you created a new Instagram account. Yes. yes. You want to tell us yes. a little bit about that? Yeah. You can contact me on Instagram or I also have, like I mentioned my website earlier, um, which is carlybartlett.com. Uh-huh. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram. It's carlybartlett.ministries. Okay. And, you know, for so long, I I was just coasting through and, and having these opportunities that were coming. And the Lord had provided a lot of opportunities through people that I know right. that connected dots, but I personally have always been a little bit fearful of stepping out and pursuing the opportunities. Right. Um, that feels a little more risky to me, um, and and I was okay with people coming to me, but I'm learning to put myself out there more, wow. and so I started an Instagram account, oh, and yeah. my husband made me a website, nice. and so... <laughs> I'm I'm just feeling like the Lord is prompting me to not be fearful to and to learn to take risks and and to yeah. start knocking on on doors and partnering with him and waiting for those to to open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it is hard to be vulnerable in an online space. Is that been hard for you now that you've kind of created and it's out there and it's official? Is that create that a little bit? Um I never want to portray that I have it all together. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I look at different ministry 
Instagram accounts and they look so beautiful and they look like there's been a designer that's created all of their posts. And so (laughs) I'm going, Oh, what do I put on here? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think too, I, I definitely want to protect my family and not be too, too personal, but there's a, there's a balance of that. I want to open up my heart, but I also want to protect, um, the, yeah, my, my sweet family and, and not make them feel like they have to live in the public eye. So it's a, it's a balance for sure. So speaking of doing hard things and being vulnerable, at least for me in ministry, it while I've loved and celebrated this diverse path, I mean, it's just taken all... I think God knew that I my little creative, abstract, random self needed lots of windy turns in the road, like not a straight line because that's not my personality. Um, and and while I've loved each season, there's it's not always easy. Have there been real challenging areas for you on this path to ministry? Have you had roadblocks? I can hit all kinds of roadblocks. <laughs> oh, me too, for sure. Yeah, I uh, definitely had a really, really hard season when I first entered into vocational ministry. Um, I had been doing some some traveling and speaking and leading worship, but in 2014, I entered into vocational ministry. And oh my goodness, I just had in my first three or four months of ministry, some some pretty challenging situations that came up um, with people that I was journeying with that were really, really hurting. And I have no counseling background. I didn't know what to do, but I wanted to care for these people well. But I realized that I didn't know how to care for someone without carrying it, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, I've learned that we need to carry their our loved one's burden straight to the cross, but I was having a hard time because I felt like I needed to be so responsible that I needed to make sure they were okay, that I needed to fix. And and it really actually induced anxiety in me in a way that I'd never experienced before. And it was really challenging. For months, I didn't really feel like myself. I was Mm. really struggling. Um, But I went to a godly counselor who helped me sift through all of this. And she helped me realize that and pinpoint that most of my anxiety was coming from a place of perfectionism and a fear of failure. Oh, wow. Um, and that was so eye-opening for me because I think I've had those tendencies like since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But realizing that those things were really, really unhealthy and I didn't even know. And it just took some of these situations in ministry to really helped me realize that I had been in a pit of perfectionism and I had been digging a hole, wow. even more so. Yeah. Um, and so since then, I've just really, the Lord has used amazing godly counselors and um, my family and, and encouragers, mentors in my life to help me get out of that pit and realize that I get to partner with the Holy Spirit, but He is responsible for restoration and redemption and conviction and healing and I get to play my part, but I am not the end all. I am not the whole story. And so every time I walk into a meeting to meet with someone, I'm going, Lord, just anoint me for this specific conversation. And also, God, remind me of my role, that my role is to encourage and inspire and walk with people in their faith journey. But my role is not to fix. My role is not to control. And my role is not to save. But I, but I get to be a bridge for people to the people that may be able to help them, like counselors. I And I, of course, always want to be a bridge to people 
to connect people with the Lord. Wow. Um, but I always have to remind myself of that and, and that I'm not perfect. I know that, but it's right. this yeah. silly lie that the enemy says, you have to have it all together. Yeah. And there's such freedom that I've found to go, it's okay that I don't. It's more freeing to embrace that I don't. Yeah. And when I say that I don't have it all together, then it gives other people the freedom to go, yeah, neither do I. Right. We well, all- I love so much about what you just said for a lot of it for that reason is that in that moment of feeling like I should be able to solve this, I should be able to fix this, I want to make this work, you could have easily kept striving to make that happen. And instead you went, okay, something's got to give here. Mm-hmm. And you went straight to counseling. And I love that you even said that uh, as well, because I think I probably need to be more vocal about that as well in my life that yes, counseling is awesome and it is not an admission of failure. It's actually wisdom to go seek counsel, to seek wise counsel, to get another perspective. And we've benefited from counseling in our lives. And I hope everybody listening can feel what, for whatever it's worth, both of our permission, go to a counselor. It's fine. (laughs) Absolutely. And I had a friend that had gone to counseling before me and the Lord had used her counselor in so many amazing ways in her life. And so she would always say, going to counseling is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. And so that was really big for me. And so, yes, for anyone listening, if you're in a time of trial or you're struggling, just know that it's okay to go to counseling and the Lord can use it in mighty ways. And really your story of restoration through that, then like like Julie, you just said, you, that gives someone else permission to to go and, and do the same thing. And so yeah. I think we have this stigma with counseling, and it needs to be erased because it's an incredible way that the Lord uses His people to help right. bring restoration. Yeah. Yeah. For us and for me personally, it does a couple different things. And whether it's a formal counseling session or just seeking out the wisdom from, like you said, mentors, friends is number one, if I say it out loud, it loses power. The things that I'm struggling with or the things that I think I only struggle with or that are unique to me, we can get get that false narrative going that somehow this is unique to us. And in reality, when you say it out loud, you're like, okay, other people go through this. It's not as powerful when I say it out loud as it is when I stew on it in my heart in quiet and secret. And then number two, it gives it a chance for somebody to pull you from the situation that you get swirling around you and you're all in the emotion of it and it can lift you up and give you a bird's eye. They can get a more of a bird's eye perspective and see it from a different angle than what I might be seeing it in. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I can see how I can get out from here because Mm -hmm. it helps absolutely bring that broader perspective. Yes. And then I've seen too how much Everything the enemy intends for our harm, the Lord can use for our good and for His glory. And so once we do start to speak it out and allow for our heart to be exposed in a way, mm-hmm. then the Lord has more room to to work and bring healing. And then we get to tell our story. And it's been so cool because I have talked about my anxiety journey quite a bit. And every time I do, someone comes and says, I've been struggling with this as well. Wow. And I get to be an encouragement. And I just think... Yeah, God, like, isn't that so you (laughs) that what the enemy tried to do to discourage me and beat me down and get me into a pit, now you have flipped that. Like, God is the God of grand reversals, right? Like, he flips it, and then then he I get to partner with him in helping other people know they can get out of the pit. Yeah. Like, yes, that is so God. I I just love that. Yeah, I love that. That redemptive aspect of God's character. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting. Yes. Way to go. I'm glad I'm glad we just went there on this because I do think it's so important 
that we all know, there's power in vulnerability with safe people. Mm-hmm. And whether that's a close friend or a counselor, it, there's freedom in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Yes. Okay, so switching gears a little bit. You are raising a precious, precocious little little thing. Talk to us about, we've on the show several different times, we've talked about how... In a lot of ways, we're kind of in the wild, wild west of parenting, that it's it's so different in such a dramatic way since when I was a kid and when you were a kid, even though we're different ages, we've got all this internet issues to figure out. How What encouragement do you have for people raising kiddos and especially girls? Yes. Well, I don't feel like I'm an expert in this at all. I'm just on the journey learning. But yeah, man, there's so much, especially about just empowering girls that I think is so important in this day and age, especially what all the news has been telling us lately about um, some of the hardships of, of women. And so for us in our home, we are just trying to be so intentional to empower our daughter to know who she is and speak life into her. And so, I mean, just two nights ago, I was snuggled up with her and she was cuddled in my lap and I just said, you are brave. You are kind. You are a leader. You are just full of, of wisdom and just Aww. on and on and just spoke these things over over her. I said, you're adventurous. You're funny. <laughs> you're joyful. You've got peace. And just Aww. really told her who she is. And and I think, once again, back to the labels conversation. Our world has all these false labels. And from an early age, kids can start to to identify with those. And so what, what we can do to combat that. And then also encourage her to step out and know it's okay to take risks and it's okay to fail. Yeah. I see sometimes my tendencies in her already where yeah. if she starts to try and she's 3, but if she tries to do something to figure something out and she can't do it, she gets pretty down on herself like I should know how to do this. Oh, right. And we're going, "Hey, mistakes are normal. Mistakes happen. It's okay." And it, she even started gymnastics a couple weeks ago and she wants the teacher to hold her hand all the way across the balance beam. Oh, right. And yeah. so I said to her on the way, honey, I did gymnastics when I was a kid, and I didn't always make it all the way across by myself, but I just tried, and I fell sometimes, and it's okay. So just try it tonight. Even if you take three steps, that's great. The next time, maybe you'll take four or five. That's awesome. And so just encouraging her from a young age to not be afraid of taking risks and being afraid to fail because I want her to give herself grace and permission to be a learner and not be so hard on herself. That's awesome. Did she receive that? Did she go for it on the balance beam or is that still kind of she yet did. to be determined? She did sort of, bless her heart, she had a little fall off, oh, the, shoot. off the bars oh. last night. So she was a little more cautious. Yeah, yeah. But then I, after she fell, she was kind of teary and yeah. the teacher brought her over to me and and. I talked with her for a minute and then I said, now, do you want to go or do you want to stay? I think that you should stay and have yeah. more fun and you're, you're strong, you're brave. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I'm going to stay. So <laughs> I was proud go. of her. I was proud of her. So she was a little Way more cautious, go. but she, but she stayed and she oh, did it. I love so it's that. those, I mean, even yeah. those three-year-old triumphs, I'm going, wow, yep. these things can translate to junior high and high school. And yeah. so just wanting her to have the empowerment now. Yeah. So that later on, if she's called to big stages like you are, then there's, she's already had those smaller steps of learning to take those risks. Mm -hmm. And I just so don't want her to live into the pattern of of fear and perfectionism that I did. And, you know, I don't even know where that stems from. My parents growing up were like, 
hey, you're doing great. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to get a B. And I'm going, no, it's not. <laughs> and so I don't know. I think it was all internal, um, all of that for me. And so my parents were amazing to remind me to give myself grace. Yeah. But anything that I can do right now in my daughter's life to help her not go down that path, yeah. um, I want to do that. But at the same time, I just have to trust the Lord. And my biggest prayer for her, every night I pray for her, that she will be protected by the Lord, but empowered. Yeah, I, I think the combination wow. of that is, is so substantial. I want His protection and His covering, but I want Him to empower her so she can know she... She can stand firm, that she can be brave, that she can be a change agent, that she doesn't have to be afraid. Oh, I love that. Even at three, Mm -hmm. those messages will sink down deep. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Okay, so as I'm listening to you talk about raising your sweet girl, I realize we really haven't talked a lot about your amazing husband. And how long have you guys been married? We've been married almost nine years. Oh, that's so exciting. And he is a graphic designer. He is. Very talented. So that's how he was able to help with your website. Yes. That's so great. Yeah. That's so fun. He's a graphic designer and then he teaches at a local college. Oh, that's the Mm -hmm. best. Okay. And so how does... How, what is how does that play out in your family with you carrying a lot of different responsibilities and in school and serving and working? How does that all play out together? Yeah, we're definitely a team, and I am so thankful for my husband and all the ways that he partners with me in ministry. And I I really have said over and over that we as a family are in ministry together. And so when I travel, my husband's holding down the fort at home and doing all of the things that our daughter needs and keeping care of the house and our dog. And, you know, he's just willing to do that. And I, and even though it's behind the scenes, what he's doing is so important because I'm able to then do what I'm doing because of his willingness to step into those roles at home. But then I also work part-time and I'm able then to, to help with, with home life and pour into our girl so that he's able to do what God has called him to do. So it's very much a partnership in yeah, that the best. he lets me lead and I, and he supports. And then in the moments he's leading, I support. And so we do this kind of back and forth and it really works for us. And I'm so thankful. He's such a servant. He's just willing to do whatever needs to be done and serve, even if he doesn't get recognition. And I'm so thankful for him. And it's also neat to see when we travel, sometimes we get to travel together as a family when I'm speaking. And so this last summer we were at a camp and we were able to go as a family. And I was so focused on my message preparation and then doing, giving the messages and speaking and then preparing and praying into the next one that my husband and my daughter had a lot of free time to be around the camp. And by the end of the camp, it was really neat because people were sharing how impactful it was for them to see my husband and daughter all week and how he loved her so well and how he was a very present and hands-on dad. And, and I really think that my ministry up front was part of the equation of what God wanted to do that week. But well, the other part was that God wanted to use my sweet family to minister in different ways that weren't necessarily up front, but just showing a loving dad. And a sweet family dynamic. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of kids these days that don't have that. And so for, for us to be able to be a family that's missional and just the way that we love the Lord and love each other, it's such a, such a blessing. But at the same time, it's like, oh Lord, give us the grace to continue to receive your love so that we can love each other well. And then that 
your love can be seen through our through our family. And yeah, that's that. that's such a blessing. I mean, yeah. I think so often we categorize that that we can make a difference when we are on the platform or when we're in front of many, but we also have a platform all of the time in just the way that we choose to love each other, love those that we don't know, but we have a, an amazing mission by the way we love those that are close to us, yeah. our family. And my yeah. husband is incredible at that and the Lord uses him in mighty ways because he's so selfless and, and loving. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so nice. I hope he listens and gets to hear you. Yes. Give him a shout out. Yes. That's so great. He's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, before we start to head toward wrapping up, just every single guest I ask, because we're on a podcast called Made for This, and because I really do, as you said earlier, care so much about people seeing value in who they're gifted to be, and that that gifting can have a profound impact by the power of the Holy Spirit right in the space where they're planted. What encouragement or advice do you have for people just showing up to their purpose every day? Yeah, I think... A couple years ago, I was speaking at a camp in Indiana, and this this girl who was a junior in high school came up to me, and she said, do you know what makes me mad? And I was like, kind of perplexed, like, what is she <laughs> going to say? And she said, it makes me mad that kids in different parts of the world don't have access to clean water. Oh. And I was like, wow. And she goes, so you know what? I've been working to raise money to go and dig a well. Oh, and she's wow. a junior in, in high school. And I actually spoke at the same camp this summer. So two years had gone by and she was there and oh. I talked to her and she said that the well had been dug and oh my goodness. that she got to go and see it and, and see the village where, where oh. her, where she had raised all this money Oh my! and it was so cool. And so I just thought, yeah, that is a really good way to approach our purpose. Like, what is it that we have a holy discontent about. I've heard about. that phrase used a lot, yeah. Yeah, and what is it that just bothers us about the world and makes yeah. us angry? Because there's a reason why it bothers us, and each of us have different things that really bother us about the world. And so how then can we not sit with that frustration but choose then to embrace that frustration yeah. and decide to ask the Lord, how can I make a difference? Right. And that girl was so inspiring to me because I thought, okay, as a junior in high school, if she can take that on and if she can have that perspective shift, then we all can. Right. And so how can we step into that? And then I think about Second Timothy 1.7 is one of my favorite verses. And it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so if we really really believe that we had the power of the Holy Spirit, if we really walked in love, like the love of the Father, and if we had a sound mind, which in some translations says self-discipline, it takes self-discipline. If we really were to walk in power and love and self-discipline, and we believed that we could do that, what what would we want to do? What What dreams would we pursue? And I think we limit ourselves because of those three areas. We may have, we may feel very loving, but we may not be very disciplined in pursuing something, or we may have a lot of discipline, but may not feel like we actually have the power or Mm -hmm. the authority to do anything. But if we really, really, really believe that we could walk in power and love and, and we're walking in discipline by the grace of God, what would we do? And I think we could all do incredible things if we weren't afraid and walked in those three areas. That's so inspiring. That's so great. That's so good. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, since we are nearing the end of our time and I always am so 
I just, you know, maybe it's the whole like misery loves company, but I just have so many so close moments in my life that I'm always trying to, you know, just make myself feel better by hearing other people's. Do you have a, just a so close, like, man, that was almost awesome. (laughs) I do. And I have to go back. I mean, I have so many, but I think my most (laughs) embarrassing one goes back to when I was a senior in high school. So I just feel like I have to share it because it's pretty embarrassing. (laughs) Um, So... When I was a senior in high school, my best friend and I were asked to sing the national anthem for the state championships for oh, baseball, nice. Fun. which was like so exciting yeah, to us. Totally. We couldn't believe it. We were thrilled. And so we worked on our rendition of the national yeah. anthem a lot before. <laughs> I mean, we worked and worked and worked on it to make oh, sure man. everything was woven together and, yeah. and the harmonies were right on. But our one thing we said to each other was, we need to make sure that we sing Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light in one breath without saying, oh, say can you see breath by oh, the heavens. dawn's early light. I mean, oh, we were my goodness. Okay. like down to the T, <laughs> oh. like planning our breathing moments, right. okay? But so, also nerves kicking. Yes, oh, no. yes. So <laughs> we get up to the press box. Uh-huh. I mean, there's so many people there. Yeah. The baseball players are on the field. And, oh, granted, this is not long after... 9-11. Oh. This is like a year and a half later. Oh, dear. Okay. Okay. So, oh my goodness. So we get up to the press box. We start to sing. We're nervous as yes. all get out. Uh-huh. And we go, oh, say, can you see? <gasps> the biggest <laughs> breath that has ever been taken in the world. And I do exactly what oh you're doing. Oh, my god! And so does my friend. We both bust oh, up. No. because we're no. Yes. Because we're so nervous. Oh. Like, so nervous. Our nerves are going crazy. Oh, so we both just start gosh. laughing and giggling. <laughs> and we can't bring it back together. Oh, so no. it was so bad. So people are turning around, oh, like looking. So my like, amazing what is happening? Yes. Oh. So my amazing friend grabs the microphone away and she just starts soloing it, which was fabulous. I was like, thank you that you could do this. And I'm just trying to gather myself up. Oh. So that she makes it through another phrase and then she starts laughing. So then I take it oh my for a second. And it's like this mess back and forth. And then in the middle, we both bust up again. <laughs> it was so bad. And finally, oh like in the microphone, I go, oh my word. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. So finally, we pulled it together, barely. <laughs> we finished the song, barely. Oh. And then we were, I mean, we were so embarrassed. Oh, well, a little bit. So we like hunkered <laughs> down in the press oh, box no. and didn't leave the press box oh. because people were, people, by, I mean, the whole time pe- the baseball players were turning around in the field, people were looking up at the press box and people were, didn't think it was funny. People thought, Prop, I mean, right. they were angry. Because this is the anthem. Yes. Oh, and I understand. And, and I did not at all no, mean to be, no. mean to not respect <laughs> like the America, flag right, and our yeah, nation. Uh-huh, I am right. so grateful for our nation. And yeah. anyway, oh, but it was shoot. just so a comedy of errors. So close. So close. Like we had it planned. <laughs> it would have been fabulous, but we found ourselves just hunkered down in the press box for, oh, totally. I think for 45 I'm minutes. I'm surprised you ever came out. Oh, and finally we came out and then we just left. Oh. It was so bad. But even in my yearbook at the end of the year, people were writing about the national anthem. So anyway, the best laid plans sometimes oh, that's so don't always work amazing. out. Oh, it was, that's one of the, my favorite ones that I've ever uh, heard on this podcast. Is That's fantastic. It was 
horribly embarrassing, and now uh-huh. it's horribly funny. And once you start laughing like that, there's no recovery. Yeah. But I can't imagine that happening in front of thousands of oh, people. Oh, yeah. It was so <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, that's the very best. <gasps> there may not have been thousands. There may have been a couple hundred. But still, oh, it felt like still, there was a uh-huh. sea of people that, that were angry. hilarious. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. I love that it's forever etched in your yearbook, too. That's oh, so yes. That's fantastic. For sure. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is... See, you've just reinforced why I have to do this because that's the very best. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this has been so fun. And I will post all of your information on the show notes so people can find your website and people, if they hear of an event that they need a speaker for, maybe they can find you through Instagram or through your website. And awesome. I hope they go check out your CD and... I'm just so encouraged myself by all that you have to say and just by the life that you live. And I really hope, I know that that will translate out to the people that listen. Well, thank you. It's been such a blessing to be able to share and and thank you for for doing this and opening up your time and space and living into your your God-given gifts and calling to to inspire other people. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Carly as much as I did. I love how she is truly doing what she is made to do in so many ways. I will have all the links we talked about posted on the show notes and on my website for you to check out. I hope that Carly's story inspires you to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. I truly believe that we are made on purpose and for a purpose and that God desires to use you in a powerful way right in the space where he's planted you. And he's so faithful to equip you to the things that he's called you to. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And while you're there, if you're enjoying the show, I'd love to invite you to leave a review or a comment to help spread the word about the podcast so that all of these inspiring stories are able to be shared with even more people. I sincerely do want as many people as possible to hear what can happen when ordinary people live ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.